welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Good morning. And to God be the glory. I didn't request that song, in case you all were wondering. Uh, that's just a song the choir song, and it, in my mind, it dovetails perfectly into what I want to talk about this morning. Amen. And you know, that being, if we have gone beyond just thinking about things to actually praying about things and we've requested him to order our steps, then we're ready to do some things. But I just hear a prayer, we took the prayer, and we obeyed. But let me back up, because I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, I guess. And let me just uh, greet you all again uh, on behalf of Pleasant Grove Church and our pastor as well. And I want to thank her for allowing me to come before uh, my fellow disciples here this morning and talk about something that I guess has kind of been on my mind. And uh, I want to thank my wife and my family, my church family, for being here to support me mm-hmm. and for friends who have come out today. Amen. Even though I didn't tell a lot of people, uh, my wife kept asking me, have you told such and such? And I said, nah. Have you told your sons? I said, yeah, I told them. <laughs> uh, did you tell your sister? Did you tell your brother? Have you spoken to your mother-in-law? Uh, have you told your deacon family group? And the list kept getting longer to a point where I just said, well, uh, I'm going to just trust in the spirit to make sure that things go the way they should go. <laughs> but uh, you all have uh, heard the scripture this morning, and that was in Nehemiah 2.4, and that the one that's really, I guess, had the kind of crux of what I want to talk about. And it reads, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven. So, you know, we're in conversations all the time, and people make requests of us, and in this scripture here, the king asked him a question, and I don't know how long it was, but you know, we hear people say a split second, a moment or whatever, but he stopped and thought about the Lord, that he wanted the Lord to be a part of what was getting ready to take place. And so uh, that scripture really spoke to me. And after praying, the king gave Nehemiah everything that he needed to go accomplish the mission that was assigned to him, the job that was given to him. So uh, let me back up again. Like I said, I just want to uh, thank the pastor and thank my family for being supportive. And some of you may have kind of wondered, how did I get here? Why is Deacon Bacon speaking on the first Sunday? And I won't say it's by accident, you know, because God had a plan. And, you know, the pastor asked me back in August of last year, uh, we were over at Chatham Forest, and she said, I heard you have a message for the church. And I said, oh, I don't think I've heard that. 
are you sure that I have a word for the church? And she said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And so I said, do you mind checking again and getting back with me? And so a couple of weeks later, I'm sitting over there on the end seat. She's coming up to the, uh, to preach and she leans over and said, yeah, I've heard and you have a, a word for the congregation. And so I said, okay, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> and that was kind of the impetus of how I got to what do you think as opposed to I think we ought to pray. And at that point, rather than me thinking, because just thinking in my own mind, this is not something I want to do. <laughs> and so uh, she came and asked me again, was I ready? And I hemmed and hawed and, you know, kind of danced around and put it off for a while. And then last week in our church, you know, Zoom call, she brought up praying that we really need to pray. And so after that call, I sent her a text and saying, I think I'm ready. And she texted me back and said, what about next Sunday? <laughs> and I'm saying, I text her back and said, are you sure? You know, because next Sunday is, is coming up pretty quick. You mean, you mean May 1st? Is that the Sunday you want me to come and bring the message? And she said, yes, are you ready? And so I stopped and I, I prayed and because I've been thinking about this for a long time. I just hadn't committed to doing it. But the Lord moved me from thinking to actually doing. So uh, here's, here's where I'm at now. There's a big difference between thinking about something and praying about something. There's a huge difference. You know, when I'm thinking about something, I, I, I'm still in control. I can decide what, what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. And the Lord has given us free will. So I can, I can say no and sit down on whatever it is he has asked me to do. In my mind, when I start praying, I'm turning over that control to him. And once I turn it over to him and he instructs me and tells me what to do and I don't do it, I'm getting myself in even deeper trouble. And that's just the way I, I think about it. And so uh, I prayed about it, and as you can see, I'm up here. I started reflecting on another question the pastor asked me, I'm going to say maybe 19 or 20 years ago. We were at the old church, and the pastor asked me about being a deacon. And I said, no, that's not for me. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And so it was pretty quick, and, but, you know, the pastor, she didn't go away. <laughs> Time passed, and she came back and asked me again. And she said, well, let's do this. I'm going to have you attend some of the deacon meetings so that you can see what's going on, that, you know, the, what I had in my mind may not be as scary as what it actually is. And so I attended several deacon meetings, and... Uh, talked to the pastor off and on, but I was still thinking about it. And then 
the pastor kind of, I guess, played the joker on me. She came back and said, well, I know you say you've been thinking about it, but I actually want you to pray about it. <laughs> and as I started to pray about it, I was talking to my wife, and she said, well, what are you going to do now? You know, you beyond thinking now that you're praying about it, are you going to accept the call? And being a deacon is a calling. And I ended up saying yes. And as you can see, uh, I've been a deacon here at Pleasant Grove Church now. And uh, Deacon Don and Deacon Ophelia, we were all ordained at the same time. It's been 18 years. I didn't think about it. You know, we had a, we had a deacon meeting yesterday. Deacon Don mentioned it last week, and then Deacon Ophelia brought it up yesterday. I said, man, time's flying. It'll be 20 years here before you know it. You know, I, I, I've been here at Pleasant Grove for a good many years. Uh, and one of the new disciples classes, somebody kind of identified me and said, oh, you're an old head. I said, what do you mean you're an old head? And I had made reference to my youngest son, Anthony, when he came here. He was like two months old. <laughs> but he's 36 now. So that kind of made me, I guess, an old head of sorts. <laughs> I don't think of myself as that, but I guess it is what it is. <laughs> I had another situation here at Pleasant Grove Church where I kind of fell into what I thought I should be doing as I thought about the situation as opposed to what God wanted me to do. As you all know, Reverend Rose and Reverend Tony have had several mission trips and I thought that was something that I might want to do. And I attended one or two meetings. And after attending the meetings, I decided, no, that's not what James Bacon wants to do. I'm not going. And so I went about my regular routine. They went on that mission trip. They came back, and they were planning another. Reverend Rose came and asked me about going on that mission trip. And I still, same frame of mind, my skill set and what I think I can do, I don't see how that's going to benefit anybody with me going on this trip. Well, Reverend Rose and Reverend Tony, I don't know whether they had talked to the pastor or whatever the case might be, but it came back up again. And then this time, they might have talked to the pastor because they played that same card. Why don't you pray about it? I know what you think, but why don't you pray? And so I did. I prayed about it and talked to my wife. I talked to uh, my sons. And Sherry said, well, what are you going to do now? I said, well, I think I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do on this trip. I don't have any skill sets that's going to really benefit the people in Haiti. And as most of you all know, I did make that trip to Haiti. And I guess it was beneficial to me, because that's a question I still ask myself. I still ask myself, what did the Lord want me to do as a result of that trip? But I talk about it whenever somebody inquires. I was a school teacher at that time. So I took a week off from school. I told my students that I was going to Haiti. 
I had told my coworkers, Reverend Rose and Reverend Tony, they had given me a letter to solicit contributions to help defray the cost of me going to Haiti. Well, I had already decided I was going, so I had allocated enough money, Sherry and I had talked, to pay for that trip. So all the money that I raised from my coworkers, and they contributed, I think in the neighborhood of seven, $800, may have been more, we just used that money to help the people in Haiti. But that trip was eye-opening to me. I shared that information with regard to that trip whenever I have an opportunity to do so. As I said, I was a school teacher. I taught middle school math to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Got out of air conditioned classroom, had bathrooms, uh, computers. You know, at our school, and we had this happen on one day, a tree fell and knocked down a power line. Well, we closed the school and everybody went home. The school in Haiti, they didn't have that concern because there wasn't no power in their building, wasn't no air conditioning. There were concrete seats, wasn't no fans, wasn't no windows. It was just a big opening so that the air could exchange from the inside to the outside. The bathrooms were outhouses. You know, one of the other things that really struck me during that trip, you know, um, laying there late at night, Pastor Joseph's happy when I'm awake because when I'm asleep, I'm snoring, which means he can't sleep. Because we were, we were sharing a room. <laughs> Pastor Joseph and I were sharing a room. And my wife has always told me that I snore. He tried to, you know, be gentle with me. But I knew I snore. But laying there late at night and I'm listening, it's quiet. And you can hear just about everything. But one of the things that struck me during that visit to Haiti that I never did hear, I really didn't hear any uh, birds. I never did see any squirrels. I never did see any rabbits. I didn't see any dogs or cats. We were in Haiti shortly after the earthquake. There was a food shortage. And people were eating whatever they could find. And I know here we talk about food insecurity, but one of the things when I was sharing this with, uh, and I'm saying Dwayne, everybody here knows him as Anthony, but uh, I'm sharing the story with him and he's talking about first world hunger versus third world hunger. And not to diminish food insecurity, but when you are to the point where you're actually eating pets or whatever you can find, you know, one of the problems that they had when they ran out of food, people were actually making mud pies. They were actually eating dirt in order to try to survive. After getting back, like I said, I share that story because I'm, and, and this may, I'm, I'm thinking, that's what God wanted me to do. You know, when I was there, Whatever Reverend Rose or Reverend Tony or Pastor Joseph said, oh, can you help us with this? I try to help with that. But my mission may have been simply to experience that and to share that story whenever I have an opportunity to share that story. And this was an opportunity for me to share that story. And that message may be something that someone here needed to hear. I don't know. That's in God's hands. I'm just trying to be obedient. Just trying to be obedient.
I have a couple of scriptures here. I'm going to read one or two of them. And Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, and this may have been where I was at at one point in time. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself and not looking to your own interests, but to each but each of you to the interests of others. And like I said, when, when I was thought about going to Haiti, I didn't see how that was going to help me. I even helped them. And that was kind of where I fell back to. Well, that ain't going to help me, and I don't see how it can help them either. Why go? But, you know, God had a plan. Uh, I tried to be obedient. And as I retell that, it may be the message that someone else needed to hear. Uh, Pastor Preston often says that all the gifts are in the house. We just have people who are sitting on their gifts. And so I'm not a great storyteller, but I, you know, pass that information along. And when we're obedient, we never know how that's going to affect someone else and bring them a little bit closer in line to what God would have them to do. James uh, 1, 5 says, If any of you like wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given unto you. Moving on a little bit further. Thinking versus praying. If you're not praying for yourself, hopefully, prayerfully, you have somebody who will pray for you. I've been blessed to have people who cared enough for me and who know the Lord to pray for me. I've had several close calls over the years. These are the ones I can just recall. Situations I've been in and I just didn't think I was going to survive it. I mess up often. I'm a sinner. But charge it to my heart and not to my head. Charge it to my head and not to my heart. I'm thankful that others are praying for me and that the grace and prayers have been extended to me. My mother, who's no longer here, prayed for me. My family. I had, uh, it's eight of us. It was six boys and two girls. My wife, my sons. I have a grandson. And whenever we sit down to a meal, sometime he'll bless that meal and pray. But if he doesn't do it, he'll select somebody. Uncle Wayne, you pray. Granny, you pray. Paul, Paul, you pray. He'll pick somebody to pray. For those of us who spend a lot of time thinking about what's going on and you don't have somebody praying for what's going on, uh, you probably want to stop for a second and reconsider. My mother-in-law. You hear a lot of mother-in-law jokes. I'm not one on the mother-in-law joke. Because my mother-in-law prays for me. I know it. Her mother, before she passed, prayed for me. Mr. Dora Alice Green, 
There's a green price for me. When I showed up here in North Carolina, back in 1985, I didn't have a place to stay. I had a job. But Ms. Green took me in. I stayed with her from July to October. That's how I ended up here at Preston Grove Church. Ms. Green prayed. She directed me. I brought my family with me. I think we've been happy here. Excuse me. Yield to the Spirit. You should be checking in and see what God has for you. It's not like you don't know others are praying for you. I knew other people were praying for me. If you're not praying, you should or ought to be reading some scriptures. I'm assuming everybody here in the house and those who are streaming online have an aspiration to have a closer walk with God. And the Spirit is always there to help us make that connection. You know, a couple of years back in the men's class, we were reading, uh, I think it was in Luke. They were talking about Mary, and after she had gotten the news that she was going to birth Jesus, Mary sat there, and they said she pondered over what had just happened, the information she'd just been given. And we, we spent probably a good 30 or 40 minutes just talking about the word ponder or pondering. If you have other people praying for you, you may want to spend some time pondering not thinking. Pondering goes beyond thinking. But pondering, you're, you're really meditating. You're really looking deeper as to what's going on and why is it going on the way it's going on. So as you have other people praying for you, you need to stop and ponder that situation. I went to Google, and Google says that the word pondering or pondering is used in the Bible maybe about 20 or 25 times. It's not a word that you hear often. You know, when I hear it, it causes me to just kind of stop and think. There's a spiritual connection there. So if you have other people who are praying for you, you need to ponder why they're praying. If you're not praying, why are they praying for you? What do they see? What have they been told? And there is something going on there, and the Spirit connects us all. So hopefully you will grasp that and move forward. You know, in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. And that's one of my favorite scriptures. And... You know, sometimes I kind of paraphrase it a little bit, you know. If all things working for my good, even when I think it's bad, I need to just press on because good's going to come out of it. <laughs> you know, 
That's another one of those thinking situations. I think it's bad. But over in the spiritual realm, it's really good. It's going to be for my benefit. So even when it looks that way, hey, just keep on keeping on because it's going to be good. Because all things are working for my good because I believe in Romans 8.31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And that's another one I paraphrase too. If God is for me, it don't matter who's against me. <laughs> don't matter at all. I don't have to find out who it is because God is for me. It don't matter who, who's against me. I just need to keep trying to do what God has asked me to do. And as I say, I recognize I'm a sinner and I fall short. But I can always plead the blood of Jesus of all I do and say, and it's all good. It's all good. Getting close to the end. I don't know how long I've been, but getting close to the end. What about my title? What do you think? I think I ought to pray. Ought is another one of those words that you don't hear used quite often. And some people may be wondering, I think I ought to pray. Went to Google again, and it defined ought as a moral obligation or duty. That was the biblical or more spiritual definition. You know, in today's society, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking. People are always more than happy to give you their opinion, even when you don't ask for it. You know, oh, you didn't ask me, but let me, let me tell you what I think. And we hear that question quite often. People are always, you know, gathering information because we think, you know, we give enough information, we can kind of know what people are going to do. There's all kind of surveys, all kind of feedback that, you know, people are gathering. Uh, I guess Google is saying what? They got about three or 4,000 data points on each and every one of us. So they can kind of use the algorithm to predict what we're going to do or what we're not going to do. And I still get back to, you know, what they think we're going to do or not going to do. But if we pray, we're going to do what God is asked us to do. And I said pray, and this morning I added a word to that, obey. <laughs> Sometimes we pray, but we don't obey. You know, that's a, they go together in my mind. You know, after you pray, you need to obey. And when the pastor keeps talking about it, you know, we spent, what, a little over a month reading our Pastor Joseph's book about how to, you know, get more deeply into prayer. But if we're praying and not obeying, it may all be for naught. So uh, let's get a little bit more into actually praying and following through on those. You know, uh, as we kind of look at that question again, and, you know, I asked myself the question, you know, a lot of people would say, well, why pray? You know, they can figure things out, as I say. You know, people self-diagnose all the time. You know, we'll go on the Internet now, and we can 
say we can figure out what's wrong with us. And we'll go to the doctor and we'll argue with the doctor. Nah, I saw this on the internet. I think you, I think you got this wrong. You know, we'll call in all kind of experts at times, but everybody wants to be an expert in and of themselves. You know, people who tell you, oh, I got a sound mind. You know, I can figure things out. I don't need you to tell me what to do. You know, I know I'm on the right track. And all I'm saying is after you get through thinking you're on the right track, why don't you confirm that with a little prayer? Just a little prayer to confirm what you thought was going on. You know, Napoleon, have any of you heard of the guy Napoleon Hill? He wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich. And, you know, that book sold over 100 million copies. It's a self-help book to help people grow rich. But Napoleon Hill said that most people don't grow rich because they don't want to take the advice of experts. You know, you read something. It's kind of like a recipe. You know, you get a recipe and it tells you to put in a half a cup of milk and you say, well, I can make this a little bit better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in a three-fourths cup of milk as opposed to a half a cup of milk. It, it calls for a half a stick of butter. I'm going to make this even better. I'm going to put in a whole stick of butter. And we just don't like following directions. And I say, we, well, yeah, I'm one of them. You know, we don't like following directions. You know, you've heard the acronym, you know, the Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth. We, take, we see the instructions, but we don't, we don't follow them. We veer off and we do what we want to do. And that's kind of what Napoleon Hill talks about in his book, that people just won't heed the advice of an expert. We won't heed the advice of creator. You know, God made us. He knows all about us. He knows the beginning and the end, but we, we won't listen. You know, he'll say, you know, when you get to this intersection, go left. And we'll decide, if I go right, I think I'll get there quicker. And we just, a lot of times, do what we want to do. You know, we, we like I said, we, we think, and he's given us ability to think, and we still uh, think ourselves into trouble. I put this down, you know, uh, I say, if you're looking for answers, and, you know, when you ask a friend or ask someone else, even when you go on the Internet, you're looking for answers, right? And I said, if you're looking for answers, why not engage or invite the omnipotent, omnipresent, omnibenevolent God into your personal issues? You know, uh, there's a song that uh, Brenda Laws used to sing, you know, it was, I found the answer. And I've asked multimedia to cue that song because I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm getting close to the end. I'm, I'm kind of wrapping up with what I want to say. And we, most of you all have heard that song. You know, I found the answer. You know, it, it's prayer. And like I said, this morning, and I was up early Saturday morning too for some reason thinking about what I was going to say, because I had a lot more, had a lot more that I thought I should be saying, and I was asking God to pare it down. 
you know, you know, the pastors called me. I don't lost track of time since I said I was going to do this. Are you ready? You know, what do you want me to pray for? And that was always her question. What do you want me to pray for? And I was still, you know, pray that it, 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 it doesn't get too long. Pray, I, I'm, I'm praying that, that as I s deliver this message, there is a, a word or message in there for someone. may not be for everyone, but it is a message or a word in there for someone. And if it's not for you, hopefully you'll take part of it and share it with someone else. Hopefully the next time somebody asks you, what do you think? You'll say, hmm, maybe I should pray. And, and as we know, with Nehemiah, it doesn't have to be that 30, 40, 50 minute prayer. It don't have to be a minute. It can be a moment of reflecting on what does God want me to do? <laughs> so uh, please share that uh, with someone. Here's another little disclaimer I put in. If you think or feel like complaining after hearing me, please pray. <laughs> if you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org.